Welcome back, everybody, to Talk of the Now podcast. I'm your host, Gene, and I'm here with Jason. And today we're going to do a little, I guess you would call it synopsis or tribute, if you will, to the Star Wars franchise, the three Star Wars original films. Yeah. And their impact, what they were to us. And call this, if you will, maybe a, a little bit of a 101 for the, um, novice the person that hasn't really heard or known much about star wars before i guess or wants to get into it i mean you know you people out there that are star wars geeks you're going to have your nuanced opinions they're already settled you already know about the franchise you already know about the movie maybe you're just geeking out by coming here to listen to this because you want to um full disclaimer jason and i already did this podcast but it's been (laughs) lost into the ether because who knows what happened. I looked on my computer one day and it just wasn't there. So <laughs> unfortunately it's gone. But anyway, Jason, how are you before we get started? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Well, um, I, Jason, I was looking back over the episodes and I think last time we had an actual talk talk, you had started a new job. You don't have to get into the details, but you've already left that old job. And now you're kind of doing a new job and you're still looking for Another real job. job, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I work in logistics. Um, so get another kind of uh on the corporate side of logistics. So an off basically, you know, for lack of better terms, an office job in logistics. Um, I'm working for a large, very smiley boxed um logistics company right now, but I'm actually working in the warehouse um because I like, you know, pain. Um, and it's actually kind of a good workout, honestly. Um but uh, I haven't worked in a warehouse since '04, so it's kind of been uh, been a, a challenge. You know, muscles every morning reminding you that they still exist uh, in places that you forgot you had muscles. Um, but uh, yeah, um, but it's been good. Uh, yeah, just kind of it's, it's a lot kind of lifting. Of, uh, a lot of lifting, a lot of pushing and sliding of of boxes of various different weights. Um, you know, whether I'm in the back of a truck loading boxes or, you know, with, with people considerably much younger than me. Um, but we'll it's been great. There. It's been great. Uh, you know, the, the atmosphere is positive uh, since we don't have their, you know, sponsorship. I won't tell you which company it is. Right. Um, but, you know, large, large amount of their their boxes have are very smiley, happy boxes. If you want to make that. There's uh, a large forest in South America that's named after. Someone. That's right. That's yeah. right. No, yeah. large, large, tall women. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's just been good, kind of good, just a little refreshing to do some physical work, uh, again, uh, just really odd hours. So really Thursdays is the, which is when we're recording this, um, is the only night I have completely free because my Saturdays are going to be, you know, full of, uh, wedding pre-planning still going on. Um, what kind of hours do I have you working so far? Oh, uh, this is the fun part. Um, I do a twilight shift, which is. 2.30 p.m. to 7.30-ish, which is supposed to be 6.30, but they have flex time for okay. like an hour, hour if there's busy. And then 8 to midnight, which usually turns into 8 to 1 with flex. 8 p.m. to midnight? Yeah. Oh, so like you may work um, that may first work. one on a Monday, then Tuesday you'll come in at 8 p.m. and work. No, all right. Tuesday, here's how it works. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, I work both shifts. And then Mondays and Sunday nights or Sunday afternoons, I work two thirty to to the um, seven thirty. Oh, so only. so you may okay. So when you work both shifts, when do you start? Two thirty. 
at two thirty, then you'll go till maybe even one a.m. Right. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely different for me. I mean, I'm a night owl by yeah na- nature, but I'm a night owl for things I you know want to do. So it's kind of hard to. Well, if to you get do. off at one, you've still got to come home and you know um, unravel or not unravel, but you know decompress. Yeah, I guess decompress an hour and that. Two. And that does take a, that. That means I'm going to bed at you know, two thirty, two forty five. So yeah. Right. Well, at least you get to sleep in a little, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, Have you ever thought about uh, being a driver for unsaid company? No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Uh, no, they just don't. Uh, the only way to be a driver is that they pay per mile, and uh, unless people pay per mile and it's a certain amount, it's not really worth the wear and tear. So, um. Because a lot of people drive, you know, their personal cars for Amazon and just deliver packages. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, I've heard and, of that company. Um, you know, whatever they are. Um, sorry, sorry not to say it. Um, I said what? We can, I don't, I didn't we hear can, we can bleep that out later. Uh, <laughs> we don't use that kind of language here. Um, but yeah, so. Um, I think you said FedEx. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I anyway. It's uh, <laughs> the DHL. topic. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, back at Star the ranch. Wars. Yeah. The reason people are here, I'm going to put it in the name of the episode for those that want to talk. Let's talk about Star Wars. Let us. Um, we'll start with the beginning. How about we start from the beginning? And the beginning of Star Wars, when we think about movies, is not necessarily like the opening credits. That is the beginning of the movie. However, yeah. the inception of the movie came, I would say, probably a few years before the actual even production of the movie George Lucas from the mind of George Lucas George Lucas is Star Wars he's the reason Star Wars became what it is Um, without George Lucas there was no Star Wars but at the same time what is the every artist is a thief everybody needs to draw inspiration from something and if you watch if you geek out enough on Star Wars you're going to see that and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jason, but basically George Lucas draw, drew inspiration from a lot of the 60s, 50s sci-fi Western stuff like Buck Rogers and whatnot, correct? Yeah, that, um, I mean, and just general Westerns and um, yeah, and, all, and also... Um, He's a big spaghetti Western kind of guy, right? Yeah, and then, um, you know, Kurosawa movies, so your Japanese samurai I didn't um, know that. movies as well um old old german sci-fi like metropolis uh if you watch that one from i don't remember when that was from people are gonna shoot me i don't know that um but that's obviously if you look at that you're like oh that's where c c3 c3po came Uh from you know c3po um but um so there's a lot of influences and yeah yeah you know he he came it came up with all that on his in his hospital bed after a bad wreck right outside of his parents I don't. Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Property near uh, near Mendocino or wherever it is. Um, and was he in his late twenties when this he started coming up with all this? No. Uh, well, or was he thirties by then? Uh I think he was just in his twenties. I don't think he was in that. I mean, I think he he had the wreck when he was in high school. Okay. Um. So he kind of came up with that a little later, and then he went to, um, UCLA's film school, and. Mm-hmm. You know, did a did a few projects before Star Wars. Obviously, American Graffiti. Yeah, about to say he had his THX um, project, right? To begin yeah, THX one one three eight was actually a student project originally, mm-hmm. um, and then he wound up getting it made. And Robert Duvall 
uh, starred in it. Um, odd movie. Um, very good, but just odd. Very artsy. Um, and then, you know, obviously American Graffiti was American his first. Graffiti. That was his first, you know, big movie. Um, and, uh, you know, he had some writers working with him on that. First movie ever built around a soundtrack itself. Um, and that was filmed in San Francisco and basically near his hometown. Um, San Fernando so, Valley kind of thing. Uh, no, San Francisco. So Northern California. Okay. Um, not, not in LA. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of influence I think that went into it, but yeah, I, I agree with you because it does have a space Western type feel to it. Um, and obviously you're, mm-hmm. you're later on things like Firefly, that whole series was kind of the, I would think, you know, the closest thing to what Lucas was coming, was, was shooting for. You know, that's funny. You mentioned that I was just thinking that as you got started, that since the original star Wars, which we won't go into opinions about the prequels or the, or yeah. the uh, sequels to the original three star Wars, um, Firefly to me again, artist stealing or being in stealing is probably a bad word. It's more like, I mean, the Beatles took influences from things that they oh, yeah, before, well, you know, yeah. and Rolling Stones, etc., to to create their hits. But Firefly to me is a great example of how someone took the, I guess you would say, universe of what Lucas was doing and said, "Well, hey, I can do something that's similar, but not the same." I can do something that, you know, maybe if you were thinking in the back of your mind, oh, I can see how this could maybe exist in a similar world to Star Wars, but it's just something, but it's no, just no, as I mean, cool as Star Wars in a lot of ways. Yeah, and, and you know, Joss Whedon doesn't, doesn't do any, um, doesn't hide that at all. I mean, mm-hmm. he obviously, he's done it's a, a good couple. good homage. He, he's done, a, he's done, I think, at least one of the later Star Wars movies himself. Um but it was obviously he he says it proudly that Lucas inspired him with that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, what's the, who was the guy that played the main captain of that the Firefly series? I forget that actor's name. Oh, Nathan Fillin. Yeah, yeah, he he did a good job. I thought of um, that character that they created for him. To me, is sort of um, I mean, this Han, is Han Solo. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's Han Solo. He could have been his cousin or something, you know, or right, somebody yeah. that comes it's from like the same s- elk. All right, you swear, you swear that he's going to mention Han Solo's name during that series because it's so similar. Yeah, uh-huh. but he obviously, the, yeah. the the luxury of a television series too is you can get more into character development and that kind of thing. Which I think, if there had been ever a Star Wars TV series, I think it would have been along that that those lines. Right. Where you would have had, you know, he would have had guest writers probably come come in and do stuff and obviously guest directors because I'm just going to say this right now. We know Lucas is not the best director in the world um, and could actually come in and keep his vision going enough for a bunch of one hour TV shows. So um, that's the luxury of the of the it's your that's the Buck Rogers side of things, because mm-hmm. Buck Rogers, you know, being a TV show or your Star Treks or any of that stuff where they can actually develop things and develop a storyline and keep a storyline going. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's why it takes a little, it takes a lot more talent and, and, and TV writers and directors will tell you this to make a film, to make an actual movie, because you've got to get people from point A to point B in a, in roughly a two hour time span. 
Right. You know, I would advise a lot of people to go ahead and watch American Graffiti before you watch Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. Get a feel for Lucas's style because yep. I never noticed this until I started thinking about it. Matter of fact, just thinking about it right now, when you watch American Graffiti, something about the way that he um, directed and had the actors act, it's almost similar to the way they did it in Star Wars. It's sort of, I yeah. don't want to say stream of conscious, but it's kind of, they all, it feels very, um, what's the word? Uh, organic. <laughs> yes. Organic and just sort of conversational and sort of like, Oh, you almost feel like this is actually really happening. It doesn't look rehearsed. Right. Right. Like, yeah. When they, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, well, American graffiti tends to feel more like that because it's something that ha could have happened. You know, mm -hmm. there's the fantasy side of star Wars, which is what, you know, star Wars is a fantasy. Right. So obviously that stuff, the situational the situational right. chemistry right. between everybody right and i think obviously in the first three movies that was stronger mm -hmm. the first three made not the first three in the series but the first three right. made new hope return of the jedi and yep. uh i'm sorry empire. new hope empire strikes back return of the jedi get the order right there right and so and also that that begs to the time period too not that they can't make movies like that now but they tend to lean too much more on Special on effects. special effects and just the the big explosion, the big the wow. action side of things, you know, in movies traditionally. Uh, and now right. you look at the time frame of the mid seventies to early eighties, there was still a lot of that sixties style filmmaking of we've got to have character development, we got to make people really believe these people mm -hmm. could have existed in a galaxy far away a long time ago, you know. And yeah. and have chemistry enough to where you, know, you you can and honestly you can really escape into the to the realm of the film, you know that way. I think you escape easier. That's why sometimes watching, like we've talked about before, the older movies, you tend to get more invested in them, you know, as a yeah, as a viewer. Um, anyway, I think that there's a lot to be said for that because bringing the characters in. I mean, I'm no film critic or, or professional at all, writer, nothing like that. But I mean, I know how to observe things. I'm smart enough to understand that. I'm smart enough to to do the eyeball test when I watch something. And when you watch, um, again, like, I think that, I mean, George Lucas, Lucas, he wasn't no genius. I mean, he's no smarter than your average, you know, he's one of us. person. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy, but, and I think that he just said, well, if this was, he, you you put yourself into that realm that that you know space of star wars well okay let's actually pretend we are in a far far you know a galaxy far far away what would it be like if we we're in these circumstances and situations and how would we you know these are actual real people real humans that are talking to each other and they're not trying to to be something they're not they're just they're right flawed humans and he gives you the conflicts he gives you the the ups and the downs of the humans of the people that are in it and yep. the droids and the non-humans i guess but he also brings in some other things which we've talked about before on this show things that are spiritual or even biblical in a nature a certain nature that being the force or just having faith in um, destiny or providence as it may be and and what could be or what could not be right 
I think it's also it's a difference of you you thinking the actors are acting or if they're just existing in the scene. That's kind of what you're talking about, where these guys are existing in that where that situation they're in. They're not acting through it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're reacting, not acting, which is 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 ultimately the the sign of good acting (laughs) is is that you forget that they're actors. You know, and it didn't it didn't hurt that George Lucas. You know, again, he was smart enough to see that George. I'm sorry, not George. Harrison Ford was a good actor, knew, yeah. knew what he was doing and just had a certain cadence about him that was, you know, he had the it factor of being an actor. Yeah. Kind of like, like a John Wayne or whoever. He did some carpentry work, you know, for Lucas and them. So it's like, ah, we pulled them out of there. It's like, Hey, why don't you come in? <laughs> you know? And Probably frankly speaking, this. in a lot of ways, like in tombstone where, Val Kilmer sort of steals the show. <laughs> Let's say he doesn't sort of, he steals the show. Oh, that's Steve's his, movie. yeah, to me, I'm like, yeah, that's his movie. The, co- <laughs> yeah. the co-star has become, it's, it's sort of almost like the opening act being more popular than the headliner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, which uh, has happened too in history too. Yeah, yeah I, I, ha- I know it happened with uh, Led, or um, Leonard Skinner a couple of times, but. Um, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's an, when NXS opened for Adam Ant. I mean. Oh, did they really? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an Australian, like, Mini series. It's about that, um, about an excess. And I watched it, and they were talking about that. But or or Rush opening for Kiss. Yeah, you know, I mean, Kiss has their own show, and they they're their own kind of thing. But even Kiss was like, wow, these guys are good. But you the know? the you Star know. Wars movie, the first one, you learn real quickly that it's about Luke Skywalker. Right, of course, yeah. But halfway through the movie, you're like, oh, uh, I mean, uh, Han Solo is still in the show. He's the guy that we want to see what happens next. Yeah, yeah, where you know, whereas your your Mark Hamill character of Luke Skywalker is kind of a whiny kid, right? Um, and honestly, carries that persona pretty much through until, to me, until Re- Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he sort of grows up a little bit in Empire Strikes Back, but I think they tried. Yeah. You know, and I think in the in the prequels they tried to emulate that with Anakin, um, a lot where Anakin was kind of the he was a know it all kid, but he was still a kid, and then he got became a whiny older kid. You know, so there's there's elements of that. Um, but no, I agree with you. It's like the the co-stars. Honestly, because to me, I, it's hard with Star Wars. I don't think there really are stars and co-stars, I would say. I would go as far to say is that whole cast, that whole core cast is the star. Yeah. You know, well, Princess Leia is a good example for Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I don't think that, um, you know, she wasn't meant to be the star of the film, but she could just as easily have been. Because yeah. She was such a good actress and the way she sort of comes into it and you're like, Oh, who's this beautiful girl? Imagine. Right. Amazingly was only like what, 19 or 20 in the first one. Yeah. She was young, <laughs> but she comes across as somebody that's mature, like a 28 year old in the movie. Yeah. She played the princess role really well. And, yeah. um, anyways, when you get into it, okay. We, we said we're going to do this for people that don't understand or know. Cause there are people like that. <laughs> like, I don't know what star Wars is. I've heard yeah, of it. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't okay. usually associate with those people, but you know, no, it opens with a galaxy far, far away. These people are, it's basically a space odyssey, kind of like a Western adventure. And the adventure doesn't stop from the beginning to the end. And they start out with Luke and basically, well, where does, uh, where does Leia come in, Jason? Oh, Leia comes in at the beginning. The very first scene is with Leia, right? You know, um, right. we don't see Luke at the beginning. Yeah, no, we don't. Uh, we don't see Luke till later when, after 
I'm just going to, you know, we can talk about this because well, we don't the movie, to, don't well, spoil the, too much. Eh, the movies have been out for, <laughs> you know, 40 yeah. something we won't years. Spoil the best part. If you haven't seen them, it's kind of your fault. Um, So, you know, they're getting Leia's ship is under attack from, from a Imperial star cruiser and aboard that is Darth Vader. So uh, who's played by David Prowse and voiced by James Earl Jones. Um, and the first scene is her having to get rid of her droids. I won't say why. Um, and so she ejects the droids to Tatooine because they're near Tatooine, and that's why Luke comes into the picture. Um, and Luke is just a, a farm boy that just wants to be in the military, I guess, or pilot. And Yeah, um, I mean, he's just your typical, I was raised out in the middle of nowhere. I want to make it. I'm going to leave my my agricultural heritage you know for lack of a better term to go to to live out and be better things so it's it's a very typical story in american in american lore and filmmaking honestly mm-hmm. um is your your unlikely inexperienced you know um white collar you know farm boy is gonna be i mean probably blue collar farm boy is gonna try to go and, and save the world um but speaking of stealing the show, lo and behold, it's also, you know, it's oddly enough got kind of a good lesson on how to treat your elders and not to, um, I guess, uh, what's, can't come up with the words tonight. The, basically to, there's a lot you can find out from your elders that you didn't realize because Obi-Wan Kenobi comes yeah. into it. And they just think of him. Oh, it's just some old crazy guy that lives down the street. Yeah, is that crazy guy out the end that's always working on stuff, or that's always like old bearded guy? You know, does does nothing but you know mows his lawn twice a week, and that's the only time we see him. You know, he's like to put him in normal terms, he's that guy in the neighborhood who you know is wise, and you talk to him, but he seems like kind of one of those guys you're always wanting to kind of get out of the conversation, but you you keep walking away, but he's still talking. But you know, he's a nice guy, and you can learn a lot. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, you've got that. So all these characters, and obviously the Obi-Wan in A New Hope, Alec Guinness. I mean, that guy's acting career speaks for itself. Um, mm-hmm. Sir Alec Guinness was, you know, one of those top British actors. Um, and for Lucas to, to, to acquire him and be able to cast him for that role was, I think, pivotal for the movie's release and widespread appeal to even older audiences because Alec Guinness was somebody who you know older audiences at the time you know the the kids who were going to see it at the time's parents knew so they they could come in and go oh okay this isn't your typical B movie because he's got this guy in it Um, you know and there's other fine British film actors that play you know other roles like Grand Moff Tarkin and all those the roles of the Empire which of course, all the you know people in the Empire are British, uh, you know, because um, it just has that refined kind of you know you can play evil better when you have a British accent. Um, and he was also filming it in you know at Pinewood Studios in in London. He's like, I need bad guys. Wait a minute, somebody get right. me some bad guys over here. It's like, they hang on, call out. the guys are there. Oh, let me go down the pub. I've got some bad behold, guys. You know, we got twenty. Uh, we got twenty white British guys that are. Need a job, but you know that go that shows that goes also to to Lucas's organic nature. I mean, he he would rather do that and and hire some guys that were already there. There's no reason to to pay these crazy amounts of money for these actors. I mean, aside from Alec Guinness, these actors that 
could command all this money because really honestly aside from alec guinness i mean right look look at the roles look at everybody's roles you know the, look at the people that are playing those roles like at the time they weren't very well-known actors well so. the the only other one that i could think of from new hope might have been the guy that um that wanted to torture princess leia and blew up her planet that the older guy that was the yeah uh, grand moff tarkin yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, he was a yeah. He was an older. He was, he was an older actor, actor, but at the same time, he didn't command a lot of money for films. Um, yeah, he was no uh, Alec Guinness, but he was right. an actor. Uh, you know, obviously, all of those actors, as the movies progressed, got more and more valuable. Harrison Ford, at one time, being the highest paid actor, at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a little after that, but still, you know, his career went on and you know skyrocketed. Obviously, yeah. I like the chemistry between. Yeah, I don't think we think about it much, but the chemistry between, um, because they don't have a lot of interaction in the movie, Han Solo and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi is interesting to me because, yeah, you know, Obi Wan plays the mentor to Luke Skywalker easily. You know, it's a it's a natural like Luke Skywalker just automatically looks up to him, whereas from the beginning. You know, Han Solo just sort of he's just cynical about him the whole time and and looks at him as, oh, this is a crazy old man. But by right. the but by the end of the movie, he learns to because he's just a rebellious kind of a young punk is what he plays. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, he's starting starting to understand and respect the fact that Alec Guinness is not his first time around the block. If you right. Know, that he does right. have that the character does have some wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's it's kind of interesting. He's the little punk kid and the. The older grandfather type's gonna kind of just show him how life works and let him see it himself. You know, that's it's another very common theme in our society and in mm. in in all forms of of art, but mainly in film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, spoiler alert: you heard it. Uh oh. Um, Guinness's character basically sacrifices himself. I'm still not sure to this day why, but he does kind of uh, allow Darth Vader to beat him. And you f- kind of find out why in the later movies, sort of like other than to teach Luke a lesson. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a you need to do this on your own, kid. Uh-huh. And he has greater things to accomplish. And part of that means he has to go on and. And move to the next, you know, realm, realm if you want okay. to call it. It's hard because, you know, Lucas didn't just he didn't use one religion either as influence. You're talking about influences. Yeah. He actually kind of spanned the gamut of religions on that. Obviously. I mean, you can we, tell, I mean, obviously we know good versus evil. God wrote that. Right. God wrote that original Epic. So anything good versus evil, whether people want to admit it or not is influenced by God, but some mysticism in there. Type yeah. Stuff. The, there's mysticism. Um, reincarnation, reincarnation. Um, you know, there's a bunch of that stuff, but I think Lucas brilliantly melded it together. If you want to right. know my real opinion to where you don't really see one. Influence the other, obviously the force and all that mess, you know, we could, some people argue the force is the Holy spirit now, but I'm like, you know, I would, I would love it if God would have just called it the force. That would have been cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but uh, there's, there's similarity. And that also, it also shows you similarities of religions um honestly um how some some religions are similar even though we know we don't agree with them like the way their concepts are similar i should say um and i well i tend to look at it as just sort of 
you just kind of go along for the ride. Like it's not, yeah, I don't take yeah, it yeah. too serious. And I don't think that Lucas no. wanted you to take it. too No, serious. no, I, he definitely didn't want you to take it seriously, which I, just I respect of, that. Yeah. It's, it's basically make believe. That's all it is. And it's just sort of what if it's kind of like, what if these type of people could just make themselves invisible because they have a certain gene. It's kind right. of, you know, mutant type stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so uh, side note, people, one second here. I want to show you something if, for the people that are watching. Oh, this. boy. Hang on one got show and tell here. Uh, show and tell. I am doing something that this company called. I'm just going to go ahead and advertise for them. They don't. I mean, we, nobody knows this company. Fan Home is the name of the company. I think they're actually out of Britain. But they do this thing where they send you parts to build something every month. And you like have build sheets and you build pieces of something. And eventually you have something. Yeah. I am building a quarter-sized R2-D2 that is controlled by an app on your phone eventually and moves around and does everything. Now, I will say this. It's not a cheap affair. I found that out, um, that not every kit costs the same every month. But I planned it out to where a lot of the most expensive stuff has already been sent to me. But it's a lot of steps. Like you're putting together something and then you're, waiting and then you put together another little tiny piece of something you know and then there's the led panel that controls one of r2's little you know little cool things and interesting uh, i have a friend of mine Stuart bowling is his name i'll just use his name because i'm sure he doesn't listen if he did that'd be cool because he used to be head tech of thx by the way um he um he builds droids and when i say he builds droids they're perfect Hmm. And he's phenomenal. He can build. He's just that kind of technical guy. He's a guy that goes out of his way for Christmas decorations and Halloween decorations in his yard. And it is show worthy. Um, okay. But um, he said, I sent him the information. I said, what do you think about this? He goes, Ooh, he looked into, it, he's like, well, he's British too. So he's like, well, it's from Britain. I like that. And he goes, and then he said, yeah, that's actually pretty close to, you know, building an actual prop. An actual moving, you know, prop. So, and it's not just a prop. It, you know, you can move it around and make noises and stuff. So, right. I've, but, uh, uh, anyway, sorry. Back, back to what we're saying, but that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> we had the first movie, New Hope. Second movie is The Empire Strikes Back, which is yep. both of our favorites. Yeah. Um, I would argue is probably my top two or three favorite movies of the 80s. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I, it's hard for me. I don't really categorize it as an <clears throat> 80s movie, even though I know it came out in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but, it's it's just its own thing but i agree with you yeah i agree that's definitely it's just one of my favorite movies it's just a yeah movie. i agree. Well, just, yeah, it's definitely my top well 10 movies of the all time. director and i know you know his name i don't know his name irvin kirshner it's his name that guy i don't i've never i don't know if i've ever seen any of his other movies but he just i think he just did a stellar job with what the, like he's the kind of person you work with the tools you have and he was able to pull something off that yeah. nobody expected i think yeah because you know lucas still wrote the script Right. And, and let's just be honest, Lucas, a little bit more rudimentary in his way of doing that. He's great, great filmmaker in the fact that he had the idea and he comes up with the idea. And we would not be talking about this without Lucas. But take a break from the director's chair. You know, you're, he's he could be like any other great genius with their creation, a little bit protective. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes tended to hurt, i.e. the prequels a little bit. Um that he was that way, but you know, I I tend to want to to cut Lucas some slack just because sure. he's kind of, he's kind of one of us. Like I would love to think that I'm this great, like 
visionary when I would make film or something like that. No, I might have an idea, but I have no idea how to make that idea happen. You know, I would have, I would, you'd want to do a pass, you know, a pass the buck kind of thing. Like I know who to pass the buck to like, Hey, here's my idea. I wrote a story down, make it into a screenplay. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't write a screenplay. Well, no, I'm, not definitely not. And, and directors can't write screen pro- plays and screenwriters no. can't necessarily direct people. Um, having you, you, been on, by the, few... by the way, by the way, you have, you do know some other movies that you've seen from Irving Kirshner, by the way. Okay. Well, we only got five minutes, so hurry up. <laughs> what do you got? Ne- never say never again. RoboCop two. Um, let's see. I know you've seen the the great movie Sequest. I know that's you. He did nope. some of, of Spielberg's <laughs> amazing stories. Um, let's see here. I don't know if I've seen any of those. You've seen RoboCop too, maybe once. And you've seen Never Say Never Again. That's a Bond movie. Um, that's the one that wasn't sanctioned a Bond movie. Um, technically, uh, yeah, you've seen a bunch of. Uh, yeah, he did yeah. a bunch of other. It's the one where uh, Sean Connery comes back for one movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know that I actually did see that one. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen. Yeah. It. Anyway, so he's done other things, but yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, um. Here is my show and tell. I bought this at an estate sale. Yeah. This is the cassette, not cassette, uh, VHS of uh, Star yeah, Wars cassette. Trilogy from, I'm not sure what year this is from. Um, it's from the 80s. And it's the original version too, isn't it? From what I understand, you'll get yeah. the original versions that have not been edited. If you can find this and watch it, I would suggest doing that or find yep. an unedited version just to get a feel for what the people in 1977 saw up to 1983 when the Empire Strike, I mean, Return of the Jedi came out. Um, but anyways, we're going to we're gonna do a second part to this. And actually, we've already done it, <laughs> which you'll hear if you go to the next one. And we may even pick it up with a third part just to sort of sum up things and we're not we're not masters of time travel we do look younger in the second part but that's just only a few months a few months younger (laughs) although i've aged a little bit because i've done a few law no i'm just kidding all right (laughs) well jason we'll close it out on that you got any final thoughts nope just uh just watch the movies even if you're not you don't think you'd be a huge fan give them a chance you'll be sucked in maybe i'll I'll try to watch all three again before our next final because we're gonna probably have three parts to this and i'll come back for my third round you know if 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 my friend mark i don't even know if he does podcasts my friend in alabama mark but he would be a good one to have on here by all means if you want to get him in you you talk about being able to talk to to about star wars i mean he'll be one of my my groomsmen and uh he's yeah it's just a, a, a level of knowledge that i will never attain on that well, i don't know if we have a joe rogan three hour time span we can get him but you know i'm kidding <laughs> well anyway. have to be a very specific topic for him yes <laughs> all right everybody thanks for joining us and we will see you next time